And welcome everyone to episode 53 of the Drunken Boxing Podcast, coming to you from now a very cold, snowy, and windy Beijing. Alright, we are now in the silly season, the festive season, and I wish all of you that uh, celebrate during this period a very happy Christmas, very merry Christmas, and a wonderful new year. I want to thank you all for continually supporting and listening to the Drunken Boxing Podcast throughout the year, and I look forward to even more adventures together in the coming year. All right, let's get into some general news. There's been quite a bit that's been uh, occurring since the previous episode of the podcast with myself, with endeavors, etc. Let's get into them one by one. I was interviewed by the Kung Fu crew which is another podcast focused primarily on Chinese martial arts. And uh, in their episode five of their first season, they interviewed me. And I really enjoyed talking to the host. He's a very down-to-earth, practical, and uh, actually quite a wonderful interviewer. I've enjoyed all of his episodes so far. And I encourage you all to go listen to the episode with me and uh, their other episodes. I think it's a a wonderful addition to the ever-growing library of Chinese martial arts related podcasts that are coming out. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Um, it was ma- primarily focused on Xing Quan and its practices. So it's quite a specific topic that was covered in this episode with me. Um, and um, yeah, give it a listen. Additionally, as you are all probably aware by now, I published my book, Dragon Body Tiger Spirit this year. And I've been interviewed as well as people have been reviewing the book uh, since its release. And in the last... Uh, month or so quite a few have come out i did an interview with falling leaves kung fu with ash higgs who will be an upcoming guest on the podcast and uh, he has released that in a part of it in a written format of the interview i'll leave a link in the description or the show description here for you all to go to in fact all of the links that i'm mentioning now you can find them in the description here for you to go listen or to read in this case to read it was a really interesting uh, interview i quite liked his questioning And um, yeah, I think we get into the meat and bones of quite a few topics that you can go have a read, go take a look. And additionally, yet another podcast I was on was Ken Gillette's uh, Internal Fighting Arts podcast. And this time he specifically wanted to interview me following him finishing reading Dragon Body Tiger Spirit. So he had quite a few specific questions about that. But of course, as always, uh, talking about the topics related or referred to in the book will lead to discussions on the practice of Xin Chen and the broader practice of uh, internal Chinese martial arts as a whole. Again, I always enjoy talking to Ken Gillette. I think he's a wonderful person, a wonderful human being. And um, yeah, I had a great time talking to him. The interview, I think, is quite good, especially if you haven't got much insight into the book and you're interested in certain things, because we do, again, get into quite a bit of information or discussion on topics that are in the book. So it'll give you a good idea if you're you're kind of not sure what the book's about or if you want to get it. The podcast or the interview that Ken Gillette did was good specifically for that, but also in general, if you're interested in the practice of the arts. Again, the link is in the description. And once again, a review of the book, this time a written review, was done by my friend Graham Barlow over at the taichinotebook.com. He read the book, he received a copy and read the book and wrote quite a lengthy review giving his thoughts and ideas on it. Again, 
go take a look there. I think the the more information there is out there in reviews like this, the better, so people can get an understanding of what the content of the book is about and also what the general perception of how it's presented and the information contained is. So I will put that link also in the description. All right, getting on to some Mushin Martial Culture YouTube news. I've released a couple of lessons from the discussion or the theoretical content that is contained within the Hua Jin Online Learning Program, which is the online learning program that has been running for now three years, which has a gigantic library, to be honest, of uh, lesson videos. And some of those are discussion videos, varying topics. They can be theoretical. They can be directly related to practice. They can be also other aspects related to general ideas and concepts. Um, one of them that I released was actually an explanation of the 36 traditional verses of Bagua Zhang, the second one on that. And uh, for you guys to take a look at some of the content in the in the program, this is one way to do it. But also it's just a nice introduction to that particular verse that I cover, which is the second verse of the 36, and uh, explain to it, uh, explain what it means in terms of general practice, etc. Additionally, I also released an even earlier discussion video which focuses on the value and the method of keeping a training journal and this is specifically related to a new product that I released that I'll be covering um, in, in, in the introduction now which is the Xingyi notebook uh, more on that in a minute but the discussion itself is something that's quite close to my heart and I've mentioned many times in interviews and that's the value and how to keep a journal and and how valuable it is to your overall development so the discussion video gives some insight into that. All right, I also released an addendum video to the Hidden History of Shui Jiao series. Uh, this was quite a lengthy video and it was done with my friend uh, Emanuela Papa, who's a wrestler of many types. He's a Shui Jiao wrestler primarily, but he also does Korean belt wrestling. He does Greco. He also does Mongolian Bok. He's just a wrestling fanatic. And he brought to my attention a video with a famous Shui Jiao uh, legend Li Baoru discussing the Mongolian roots and history of Shui Jiao of Chinese Shui Jiao. So we present this video, I've translated it, subtitled it, and then we actually discuss aspects that are discussed in the video by Li Baoru and extrapolate on those. And it should be, you know, the, the idea of this was to put just one more cap on top of the already released history. Uh, I think it's a very enlightening discussion. Uh, Li Baoru's initial comments in his video that are in there are extremely telling, and I highly recommend it to anybody who's interested in the true history of China. So that's available now on the YouTube channel. All right, in general, we've released quite a few products as well coming into the Christmas season on our MushinMarshallCulture.com shop, our online store. And there are quite a few things that are related to practice in terms of clothing. So there are uh, new training tops, traditional training tops, traditional lantern style pants, um, and other things. Now, my purpose with regards to the store was initially to have my book be distributed through the store, but also to release things that I had designed myself and things that I had procured myself. You know, being a long-term Chinese martial arts practitioner, there were always things that I had struggled to get. 
you could get mainstream things but the 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 nuanced stuff was difficult to get so that's one of the things i focus on here it's i focus on products that i personally either use or find to be valuable so it's high quality and stuff that is not easily available and if not i have things made now some of the apparel that you'll see on the website are my own designs uh, all the all the t-shirts and the hoodies etc those are my own designs and i've always you know found that there was a lack of cool looking chinese martial arts specifically xingyi and bagua related uh just t shirts and hoodies and things there's there's been some corny stuff out there yes but i wanted to make something available that was you know um you'd be happy and proud to wear and it's fun as well i enjoy doing it i also have posters and things like that but some of the newer content is uh traditional button-up top the lantern style pants there have been a a hoodie that was uh, a play on the xingyi Chen first element p Chen that says it hurts when i pee uh which i did a design for which is kind of an inside joke but at least if we can't laugh at ourselves then what can we laugh at right and additionally as mentioned earlier i designed a actual training journal and notebook now, once again, I've been using notebooks for all of my training career. And yes, you can use any type of notebook, but sometimes I found that a little bit of guidance on what you should write and how you should structure it goes a long way to helping you to not only do the action, but to do it effectively. And journaling is a very good habit. You can watch the video that I just mentioned that gets into the whys and hows regarding this. So I designed a, a Xingyi notebook, something that is aimed at practitioners of Xingyi Chen. But again, the notebook could be used by anybody because the questions and the guidelines inside are, are generic. It just happens to be that this specific one I did with a Xingyi theme in mind. So there's uh, calligraphy on the front. It's got a PU leather uh, hard cover. It's got an elastic that keeps it closed. It's all high quality paper. Uh, there's some imagery of Xingyi Chen on the corners of Santi Shi. And then, of course, there's the sections with two pages in each uh, training session for during training and post-training reflection. And each book uh, has 96, the equivalent of 96 training sessions uh, worth inside each book. So it really is worth a worthwhile purchase. These are some things that you want to be able to come back and refer to in the future. It's not something that you write down and forget about. So the quality of the notebook also serves to be lasting. Anyway, that was just recently released. It's available on the Mushin Martial Culture website. Go take a look. And as mentioned, watch the video on the value and the method for that. Additionally, you can get a combo with the Dragon Body Tiger Spirit book along with a Xingyi notebook, either in hardcover or softcover, uh, directly from the website, from our online store, at a discounted rate. If you buy them together, there's a package deal there. Now, that's not available through the Amazon store. It's only available directly through our website. We also released a hoodie with the famous... Shanxi Xingyi Chen Master Chui Jai. Uh, go take a look at that. I designed it based on those old, well, not rather old, but those somewhat popular with the uh, hipster generation t-shirts of Che Guevara. Well, Che spelt the same way, but not the same person and definitely not the same ideology. I thought it would be funny to do something in that line and actually bring something valuable to be put on your shirt as opposed to, well, we'll not get into that. Um, so there is a new design of that hoodie available on our website. All right, and one other product that was just released last week is an iron body Paida metal brush. It's a conditioning beater. These are generally used to do body conditioning. You can condition your limbs and your body in general. It's made out of stainless steel, high quality stainless steel. It weighs about one and a half kilos and it's made of steel that you use to, to do this. Now I've used these for a long time, but they have never been easy to get. It's always been a struggle to find one. 
and uh, they work very well and they're very good for conditioning. They're actually considered part of traditional medicine in terms of general health building, but they're definitely directly used by uh, martial artists for, for conditioning. So to make them available, I had them custom made. So these are now custom made. Actually, the response has been pretty good. Quite a few people have ordered them. If you're looking for something like this, which again, is not even easy to get here, but even more difficult to get outside of China. Now you have an avenue to get them. I have them custom made. They actually have our Mushin or Wuxin Chinese characters on them. And uh, they're available to order and they ship worldwide. So go check it out. All right, as usual, our Patreon page is where you can support the podcast. Uh, we have three tiers, two for support, and we have a third tier, the Huajin Online Learning Tier, which is where you can enroll if you would like to learn the wonderful arts of Hebei Xingyitren or Liang Style Baguazhang in full in a systematic manner. Uh, the lessons are in-depth. There are many lessons. They're professionally produced, and I'm confident to say that there is no other online program or distance learning program that is quite the same in terms of uh, quality and quantity of content that has been released and I'm I've seen the results from the people it's been running for three years now so it's not a new program and it's continually growing and I've seen the results from the people that are in the program hopefully we can get some exposure to them to show you what they've been able to develop in terms of their practice but if you're interested in learning the arts head on over that's patreon.com forward slash mushin martial culture if you just want to support the podcast and our endeavors in general our YouTube endeavors there's five dollar and ten dollar support tiers as well and we appreciate all your support all right and as usual if you want to get the book dragon body tiger spirit it's available from the same online store that i've been mentioning throughout up until now mushinmalsherculture.com but the book is also available directly through amazon.com in both hardcover and softcover all right let's get into today's podcast my guest today is john eusebio he began his practice of chinese martial arts training in taiwan over 30 years ago. He practiced Longfist and Tanglangtren, or Praying Mantis, under the tutelage of the great Gao Daosheng, and he continues to practice within the same school and the same materials that he was taught by Gao to this day. All right, let's get right to it. I bring you John Eusebio. And welcome to the Drunken Boxing Podcast, John Eusebio. Happy to have you here today. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. That's good. It's an honor to be in your podcast. Oh, great. The honor's mine. Um, you're over in Taipei, correct? That's correct. I'm in Taipei, Taiwan. Okay, great. Uh, some of my listeners who are more familiar with um, other channels and other endeavors that I've even guests I've had on, like Will Wayne Williams, might actually know a little bit about you because you've been in his Taiwanese um, series. Uh, you, were, you were featured in there. So... Uh, yeah, maybe you can give a little bit of a background information about yourself. All right, about myself? I yeah. thought we were going to talk about Will. <laughs> Just kidding. No, no, we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll, I... we'll rip him to shreds later, <laughs> but let's start with your introduction. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, okay, my name is uh, John Eusebio, and I'm originally of Filipino heritage. So um American citizen, so that would make me Filipino-American, I suppose. Um, but Does that make you an Americano? Or uh, maybe, maybe <laughs> I'm not sure, <laughs> but uh, I moved to Taiwan uh, in the uh, 1980 when I was uh, eight years old. So I've been here uh, most of my life, pretty oh, much. Since you were eight, wow. Yes. So uh, the only time that I've 
lived outside of the country for a long period of time was when I lived in Seattle, Washington, in the United States. And I lived there continuously for five years. Mm. But in total, I probably lived in Seattle for maybe seven years. Okay. But, you know, for a long stretch of time, I was there for five years. Right, right. Okay, that, that that's about, about my background. And, and did you want to talk about martial arts? Yeah, we'll get into that. I'm actually quite curious as to why <laughs> right. why you got into why why you um, moved from from the USA. Was it from the USA to Taiwan at the age of eight? No, no actually, I was born in the Philippines. Ah, okay. And then I yeah, so I, I moved from Manila to Taipei in September of 1980. I yeah, I still remember the date. What, it was, what was the yeah. catalyst for that? Well. The catalyst was the uh, economic situation in the Philippines was okay. you know, becoming worse because of the, uh, I, would, I wouldn't say, well, and historically they'd say the Marcus regime had something to do with it, mm. but overall the, the decline of the economic situation there. So my grandfather at that time uh, were, uh, was living in Taipei, so I asked my mom to, to have me and my sister move over to Taipei. Okay. Okay. So my... Uh, Grandparents have been here, or well, they're deceased now, but they had lived here for almost thirty years before that. Wow! Yeah. So my background is actually like um, my grandparents had lived in China, mm-hmm. and then they moved over to Macau and then to Hong Kong. So they were mostly around Asia, uh, around Asia right. at that time, like uh, yeah, China area. Yeah. and well, Taiwan of course very interesting that's that's really interesting so you're basically I mean you said you're an American citizen but you're more Taiwanese than anything else I mean you've been there most of your life it's very hard to explain myself when people ask me what my background is so mm-hmm. I kind of have to give them the oh do you want the short story or the long story <laughs> whichever's more interesting you know <laughs> so yeah so your, your question to answer your question do I consider myself more Taiwanese well my students that I that I teach and I tell them that you know I've been in Taiwan longer than you've been alive right because mm-hmm. I'm already 50 years old and you know, my youngest student is probably six years old and the oldest is uh, you know not even older than me so yeah I've been here longer than you and you still call me a foreigner so <laughs> yeah but yeah I would consider myself part of Taiwan but at the same time outside of it I guess you would say that for uh, I think they, there's a term for it, a third culture kids or something right yeah 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 or lao wai as they call them here <laughs> yeah exactly or just lao wai or just lao wai <laughs> yeah yeah that's interesting i mean it, it's quite interesting that um uh chinese culture of china taiwan etc it's you're, you're you're not really non lao wai unless you're chinese right so exactly i have a i have an american uh his name is uh, Colin, yeah. And uh, he, he married a Taiwanese, uh, and his uh, parents-in-law, when they were visiting him in the United States, they kept saying, "Oh, you the Shenzhen, Laowai, Laowai." And then he mm. he told them like, "Wait, wait, wait. You're know, you in America. You're You're the foreigner, not me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite interesting. <laughs> I mean, even if right. if if a Chinese person comes here, uh, who's never been to China, and maybe even his parents have never been to China, and they, 
you know, two generations removed or three generations removed, lived outside their whole life, they'll still be considered, okay, well, you're Chinese, but that other dude who's lived there for 42 years or whatever, if he's a Caucasian or whatever, non-Chinese, then, then, then he's a Lawai. It's quite interesting. Yes, exactly. I, I can relate because I have a, a friend of mine who's also a student. Right. He came over to visit me in Taiwan. So his, uh, his mother is from uh, Guangdong. And so he speaks Cantonese and a little bit of Mandarin. So he visited me in Taipei. So he's never been uh, to Taipei. And then we went to a restaurant and the lady, the, um, the waitress was asking him, you know, what are you going to order? And then he was looking at me and I was like, don't ask him, ask me. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he doesn't speak Chinese. <laughs> so. I had that once too. I brought a I brought a Chinese kid descent from South Africa to Beijing. Must have been two thousand and maybe five. And uh, I mean, his parents were born in South Africa. His grandparents were born mm. in South Africa. Oh, wow. The first generation that left was his great or great great grandparents. So the kid is like, I mean, he's more South African than me. You know. Um, <laughs> because exactly. I mean, I, I was born there, but I lived overseas mostly, you know, so he, he's, yeah. he's, he's got the heavy accent and, you know, a South African mm. accent, he only speaks mm. that. Right. I brought him here and we'd go out and then, you know, we'd go to a restaurant or whatever. And then they'd always talk to him as if he's helping me out. And then he'd look at them and scratch <laughs> his head and then I'd be translating for him. And then they'd be like, wait a minute. And then they'd call their friends over, come over here. This foreigner is translating for this Chinese Check. kid. Look at this. <laughs> Check this out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Well, you have those uh, YouTube videos where you have uh, with the the uh, Caucasian person who speaks fluent Mandarin. Right. It seems to surprise people, and yeah, it gets a lot of views. Right. Maybe we should have a channel like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've thought about that. You know, I've thought about. Yeah. You know, I do all this shit for Chinese martial arts. It's, it's a lot of right, effort, exactly. a lot of effort. I get very little views. Maybe I should make some bullshit videos. But then again, I can't really make <laughs> bullshit videos. So I guess yeah. that's not really an option. But you know, all the power to those people making bullshit videos seems to yeah, work right. for them. Exactly. Like, like Will and and you, you keep the martial arts, the integrity of the martial arts yeah, intact. So I, I, that's why that's why I, that's why I, I like uh, listening to your podcasts. Uh, watching your videos and now your book right yeah i, cool. I don't have a copy yet but maybe uh, maybe later <laughs> all right well whenever you want one you let me know um yeah you know i think i think will's also I mean, will's channel is older than mine so he's been doing this longer and uh, i think it's an important channel and and i also think that more recently a few more channels are starting to come up so but mostly focused on Chinese martial arts and a couple more podcasts right. here and there. And I think that's good because yeah. I remember for a long time there was, I mean, if you'd look for a Kung Fu podcast or something, uh, you wouldn't find anything. It was one of the reasons why I thought, you know, when I've got the opportunity, I want to talk to some people and put some podcasts out there because I know we're not a big group of people in, in the general terms in, in, the, in the, a big picture of the world, but uh, you know, we want some stuff that we're able to digest that's in our interest. And there just there just isn't. So I'm happy to see there's more coming up. Exactly. I listened to your podcast and people that you had uh, on, on your podcast. And I learned a lot from them. Oh, great. Too. So that's, uh, yeah. Well, now we're going to be talking about you on this podcast. So we're going to ah, get your right. story. So you, you've, you okay. moved to story? Taiwan 
And how did your Chinese martial arts, uh, uh, you know, road and path begin? Okay. Well, I, I right now I I'm still living in the area where where I uh, I grew up in. So mm -hmm. it's the area. It's uh, Tianmu area, and uh, it's at that time it was a very uh, Western community. They had the international schools nearby, mm -hmm. and they um, had a lot of foreigners here. So you know, my my best friend at that time was a blonde-haired kid from Wisconsin. Okay. I was going to the international schools at that time. So um, besides the, you know, local neighborhood, uh, local neighbors, I would play, uh, you know, dodgeball with them. I didn't have much contact with, uh, with the locals in terms of their culture. Hmm. So that kind of, you know, I was very curious about Chinese culture. Uh, anyway, so my story is that yeah my curiosity about you know what, what chinese culture has led me to you know, chinese martial arts i wanted to see what taiwan really is right? right so yeah anyway so um my uncle and he was teaching english at this one cram school and his co-worker david is american he came to taiwan also to uh, learn martial arts and he happened to be a student of uh, Gao Daosheng. Mm. Yeah, and um, so my uncle said, hey, you want to have my son you know, train with you? So my cousin trained with uh, David for, like, I think maybe a month or so. Mm. And then one day he came to uh, my home, my uncle, and he was uh, talking to my mom and he was seeing that I mostly played video games. <laughs> he said, hey, my son is, uh, my son is uh, practicing martial arts. You know, he's kind of showing off to my mother. And, and then I said, what, Andrew, he's doing martial arts? And that got me curious. So anyway, I, uh, I went with, uh, with Andrew one day to, to see David. And when I saw David, he said that he'd hurt his back. So he was going back to the States. I don't know how I hurt his back. It was like 30 years ago. <laughs> and wow. then he said, well, I'll take you to the park and I'll show you some stuff and teach you something. So we went to this one park and he showed us, the, you know, like a, a gin. I remember that. And he showed us a little bit of the, the drunken boxing. Mm. And I was really impressed and started teaching us a few moves of the praying mantis. You know, the Tang Show is the, the, the name of the form. Right. And then... He said, well, I'm going to be leaving for the United States. Why don't you just go straight to my teacher, Gao Daosheng Laoshi? And I said, sure. And, uh, well, that's the beginning of the story. And that's, uh, that's how I really started. It's just, uh, and how old were you then? I was, uh, I think, uh, 17, 17 okay. years old. Yeah. Okay, cool. And your cousin, about, about the same age you. as you? He's uh, two years younger than me. Okay, so you guys started at the same time. Did he carry on when you went to Gaudaoshan? Uh, he stopped after three months. Okay, back to the video games. No, he wasn't really playing video games. He's more of a... Well, he has his, his other hobbies. He, he tends to switch to from hobby to hobby. Okay, yeah. Well, you know, I, it's, uh, it's not something that everybody joins and starts and sticks to, but uh, it seems like you did. So what was it like going to Gaudaoshan? Yeah, anyway, so the, the next day, uh, after that training in the park with David, we went to 
高老师，高老师，school. Mm. I'll refer to him as Gao Lao Shi. All right. And uh, so he has this basement school in Wanhua. Uh, anyway, so we went there, and uh, luckily, they were preparing for a performance the next day. They had the anniversary of the school, mm. of the uh, founding of the Tangkun, uh, Tanglangman, or the uh, Longfist Praying Mantis Association. And so they had this um, performance. They were re rehearsing. Right. So they said, uh, when I went there, Kalashu wasn't there. He, he actually had another branch school in the Songshan area. And he said, well, wait for him. He'll he'll come over. And then while we were waiting for Galashu um, to arrive, I saw the, uh, you know, Ashishong. They were all practicing the uh, their routines that they would perform mm. the next day. So I got to see some of the um, the halberds, the, uh, you know, the praying mantis form. They were all it's sort of like that scene in Shaolin uh, Temple, you know. Mm, right, where, where you're peeking over the wall. <laughs> exactly, but you know, they're performing right in front of me. I was like really impressed. I said, "Wow, I've never seen this in my area." Yeah, <laughs> and, and and then uh, anyway, so uh, half an hour later, Kalash you know, looks down the basement uh, stairs, right, and they tell him, "Hey, there's these two guys over here. They're waiting for you." And Kalash looks at at me, and and then tells me, "Oh, uh huh." He tells me to to um, you know uh, show me how to do the ma bu right. Mm. So he tells me ah ni ni zhan zhan and then he leaves. He goes into his office <laughs> and then I'm I'm there keeping that position and shaking you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until the doctor says ah oh, okay 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 show she show she you know. Mm. That's yeah, quite so that common. Yeah, so that was the the first. Yeah, exactly, exactly. A lot of people have that story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's well, common with the older were... generations. I'm not so sure about the, the younger generation teachers now, but definitely with older generations. And it's almost like it's a, it's a deliberate for getting you there, you know? Um, so, right. Yeah. yeah. So, well, he, there, he was busy. Of course, they were preparing for the performance and they didn't really have the, the regular uh, class schedule. Right. But at least they didn't ignore me. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I practiced the um, the um, mabu and some of the basic stances, mm -hmm. and the other Sushong showed me the uh, part, uh, the move. He told me to show what David taught, and well, it was, it was, it was only my first day yesterday, right? So right. I showed him a few of the moves that I remember. Yeah, I just remember that uh, when I went back home, I had to very basically pick up my legs, you know, to <laughs> to put on, you know. To manually. lie on the bed, you know. So, uh, yeah, manually, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's, then, it, <laughs> and then the next, they told us to come back the next day. Oh, we're having the performance. You're welcome to, uh, to, uh, to watch. And so we went there early in the morning and helped out at the school to load the weapons into the, uh, you know, the, the pickup that was at the, the truck, the mm. flatbed truck. Yeah. So they were. And then I, we spent the, pretty much the whole day, you know, watching the performance. I was really impressed with Kalash because mm -hmm. he was uh, in his seventies, oh, yeah. And he performed the two-man form, the uh, Albert versus the spear, and he did some applications. Okay, yeah, and at that age, yeah, he's and, probably still going. He's probably still going, you know, uh, very right. well. So that was in uh, 1989. 
Okay. So I think November of 1989. Yeah, so I remember that day very vividly. <laughs> what is, what and, is uh, uh, the, yeah, carry on, sorry. Yeah, I was just, as I, I said, I was impressed with Gao, Gao Dao Shen Lao Shi's uh, uh, performance, especially at his age, and also some of the Da Si Xiong. Mm. And I said, I want to learn that, you know, I wonder when they can learn that. Maybe. Let's see, you know, maybe one year, two years, 10 years. So. What, what is, made an, what is Gao Laoshe's background for the listeners, Gao Daosheng's background? Gao Daosheng Laoshe is originally from Shandong province. Mm -hmm. So he was born in Jimo County. At that time, the records, his birth records, they, they were not, you know, not exactly very exact, but I think he was born in 1915. Okay. That's so what Republican says. Republican period. Exactly. Republican yeah. era. And uh, he was, his father was a, a blacksmith. And uh, he started martial arts quite early. His first style was the, the digong style. Okay. You should do a lot of the, uh, the rolling, the yeah, tumbling. Tumbling and the scissor, uh, was that the uh, scissor kicks, right? Right. Yeah, so his, he had, um, he told me his teacher was a, uh, one of those village teachers. They'd come over to the village to teach the, the locals mm -hmm. martial arts. So that was his first style, which is the, which is the Tikong yeah, in, in Jimo. And then later on, um, he moved to Qingdao. He worked at a, you know, at that time, life was not, you know, it was very hard, uh, it's harsh, right? Mm. At that time, yeah, people, like, the economy wasn't, you know, there were a lot of poor people. So yeah. he worked at a, at a matchstick factory. Yeah, because yeah, his education was limited, but right. so he got a job at the, uh, the matchstick factory. And then he'd also uh, train. I don't know what he was training at that time. I think it was long fist at that time. Yeah, but that's a generic Eventually, term. So I mean, it, it's... right, right, right. I think I think he told me maybe it's like Taizu Chen or something. Yeah, well, okay. whatever he's teaching us came from that that time. Right. And uh, later on, he he uh, got into the uh, Qingdao Guoshu Guan, which is the Qingdao Guoshu Academy. Right. The martial arts academy. So he was there. Uh, that was be that was before the war. And then the the war eventually happened, and joined the the military. Okay. So that was his background. Other than that, he told me also that he'd, uh, besides Di Gong and the Long Fist and the Qingdao Guo Shuban, he also would go to the, um, the what's that, Laoshan, I think there was like this Laoshan temple or yeah, something. He, yeah. he said he he would he would practice uh, Qigong there. Laoshan, Qigong. I, uh, I mean, even today, it's famous for a couple of things. One is there's a beer from Laoshan. Which, yeah, right, it's a Laoshan Pichu. Yeah, which is not very good as beer but they also make incense from from laoshan which is which is decent they make some nice uh decent sandalwood incense so i guess that's so Qingdao, Qingdao beer is better right better than laoshan beer oh yeah yeah, yeah I've, I've, I've had both yeah i've had both i'd agree with you yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay so he did yeah, some so... something of the internal type of qigong type practices at i don't know if it was internal i think it was more of the uh uh paita. You know the the, um, the right yeah yeah the paita this is sort of Marrow internal washing. external yeah exactly and yeah. then he also told us about learning uh, uh uh he was he said he was really skinny at that time so he was able to jump really high 
they would make them, uh, you know, dig a hole and then Chingle. jump in and out of that hole. Yeah, yeah. Right, and and then eventually he said that uh, he got to as deep as to his uh, his neck, and he okay. could jump out of that hole without, you know, straight. Like, straight up. So, yeah, chingong. Yeah. Yeah, that's Something that's like that. that is a method that they do. You just gradually dig yeah. the hole deeper and deeper, and you yeah. gradually are able to jump out higher and higher. It's quite impressive. It's logical as well, but it takes exactly what the ner the name is, Kung Fu. It takes uh, a long takes time, time of effort to to be able to to do it. In fact, I think even that method is in that seventy two Arts of Shaolin book from the Republican era. You can actually see it. Uh, the same oh, really? thing. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that old book. It's quite a well known book. Um, I'm gonna ask my Sichuan, uh, Liu Kangyi. Hey, do you have yeah. that book? He might, he probably has it. <laughs> he probably does. It's a quite a famous Republican era book. Um, uh, what was the guy? Yeah, he's a lot of... I think the guy who wrote it for some reason, the name, the full name slips. It's not, it's, I'm not re recollecting. I think his surname was Jin. Um, okay. Maybe Jin In Jung. Maybe. Anyway, maybe it's maybe. his book. Um, yeah. There are a lot of those types of books. The, sometimes I see them with the illustrations. Exactly. Yeah. So like climbing up the, the, the wall right right yeah right, right. and yeah 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 so that's his background and yeah his and, martial arts background his training in china and would he, he also i mean as you you mentioned and referred to earlier tang lang show or mantis hands the form right so yeah I, I'm, not sh I'm not sure yeah i'm not sure if he really uh trained in praying mantis while he was in in uh, shandong okay but he was exposed to it for sure because you know, Shandong is the the home of Tang Lan Shen. Yeah. But he said at that time, you know, Changshan was was much more widespread, much more popular. Right. And the uh, the the Mantis guys sort of kept you know kept indoors. You know, they, they were uh, much more secretive in some mm. ways. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So he was saying that, but he, I'm sure he he he, uh, he he did you know. Uh, get exposed to to that he did know the teachers so he said oh i've met uh, uh, a famous mantis teacher named Li Kuanshan. Oh, I, I met him yeah okay okay yeah but he didn't he didn't i don't know if he, he really hanged with them or anything. he didn't say yeah. so but then I where most of his where uh, his mantis where, where did his mantis uh, learning take place mostly yeah. his mantis came mostly from uh wang songting wang songting mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so uh, wang songting has, has a as a reputable background as well mm -hmm. as a as more of a, he's more known as a as a uh, what you say a gangster you know part of the mobster somebody that they would uh, contract to on a, on a hit okay yeah, but he was yeah but he was also famous uh, as, a, as a martial artist so yeah, he had he practiced common. many that was also common yeah he, yeah he practiced many styles mm. yeah, but he's known for uh, i suppose praying mantis yeah, he was also um, taught at the uh, Qingdao Guoshuguan. Qingdao Guoshuguan, uh, from what I've read, is that yeah. they were they had different schools, right, spread all over the the city. Mm -hmm. So they would have like the he 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 taught at the what you call the Di Shi Lian Shi Suo. Okay. So they had uh, different uh, yeah, places. So he was the Zhao Lian for for that, you know, head of that uh, that school there, the Di Shi Zhao Lian Suo in, in Qingdao. Right. Yeah. And, uh, Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It was a Wang Sun Ting. Uh, stories I heard of from 
from other people is that he was uh, wealthy. Uh, he owned several boats, and every time he met a martial arts teacher who would, uh, he'd, he'd like the skills, he'd wanted to learn the skills, he would sell a boat, use that money to to learn from that teacher. So back in the day, that was the the way you learn, right? You sort of uh, is young nigga so you you uh, give your teacher allowance. Yep. And uh, have them stay at your house. Yeah, exactly. Feed, feed them, feed them, and then they'll, you know, if they feel like it, they'll they'll teach you something, right? Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, also so you, yeah, you, you, the way. You give them, you give them alcohol, you know, and uh, pretty much yeah, have them stay at your house, right? Yeah, yeah. Give them some so some that, that, hong baos and uh, and you've you've got it going. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was what I heard about. Wang Song Ting was a wealthy individual who, who whose passion was the martial arts well that's commitment right yeah. i mean you know yeah. like you don't need it uh you've got money and yet you're still sacrificing money and time to learn to learn the martial arts so it's you know it's thanks to people like that that these yeah. many of these styles still continued right exactly so, so he, he uh i think he was living in um near uh yentai near near that area the okay area. And that's um, and he got into uh, with the Qingbang, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's mentioned actually in uh, Robert W. S. Uh, w. Smith's book. Oh, Masters and Methods. Right, Chinese boxing masters and method. Yeah, that that's the uh, he was mentioned in that, and uh, he wanted uh, Robert W. Smith wanted to learn with Wang Song Team, but Wang Song Team declined, and it was. Uh, Big disappointment for Robert W. Smith. Oh, okay. I must actually yeah. relook at yeah. that book now that you mention it. I have it somewhere. Right. And then I'll yeah. look up but, a little bit about him. Uh, speaking of Robert W. Smith, mm. he, we actually contacted him and he was gracious enough to uh, uh, provide us with a film of Wang Song Ting. That's the oh, only known wow. film of film of uh, Wang Song Ting. Cool. Have you made yeah, it was, available publicly? Yeah, he, or uh bits of it yes <laughs> oh you have okay yeah why are yeah. there bits that uh, you don't want to be public well uh mm, you know with with films when you put it out out there people will claim all sorts of things so oh yeah to, yeah yeah you, you, you understand what i mean right? yeah i hear you i hear you yeah, yeah so anyway robert w smith uh the film he provided was to say uh it is eight millimeter film mm. When he was here in 1961, I believe he was wow. here, and uh, there was a performance of uh, Taiwan martial arts masters at that time, and he got to film uh, Wang Songtin and other, uh, you know, renowned martial artists in Taiwan at that time. So, but we he gave us the uh, the Wang Songtin portion only. So he gave us the uh, uh, Wang Songtin performing uh, Tai Zhu Chen. Right? Oh, sorry, what was this? Um, tai Yi Chen. Uh, tai we don't, Chen. Uh, that, that, Tai Yi, Tai Yi Chen. Right? Yeah. And uh, the other one was a drunken form. Mm. And then, uh, and then Praying Mantis. The, I think it's Lan Jie. Yeah. Or okay. Luan, Luan Jie. Yeah, there's yeah. two names for it. I mean, yeah, yeah. Depending yeah. on the pronunciation. Lan Jie or Luan Jie. Right. So is there a and specific then, uh, uh, style of Mantis that it's, that your your him and the subsequent generations uh, mantis is derived from or is it 
more eclectic. It's pretty much the same. Like, for example, Will and I have a lot of things in common mm. uh, because of his lineage. Uh, you know, in, in Praying Mantis, Liang Xiang, right? Yeah. In uh, Lyon County, he's the you know, famous teacher who, uh, who taught uh, Jiang Hualong. And then from Jiang Hualong, it's Song Sita, right? Yeah. So we can trace our lineage to uh, Liang Xiang, but through Liang Xiang's son. Uh. So Liang, Liang Jingchuan or Liang Zhongchuan, that's his name, right? So mm. we're from that lineage. From from Liang Xiaoxiang's son, and then Will is more towards the uh, the um, uh, Jiang Hualong and uh, Song Zhi right. right. Yeah. So Liang Xiaoxiang had you know several students. You know, yeah. mm. So we we share some commonalities, forms, theory, things like that. Yes. Yeah. So it must have been interesting while it was there to compare well notes basically. Yeah. 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 We we did some you know, basically martial arts exchange where. You know, he showed me stuff. I showed him stuff, and we kind of learned Very you know, cool. techniques and forms. And yeah, that's what you call an exchange, right? It's not just me like showing off, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> nice. I mean, that, yeah. that's right. it's good to see that still happening today. So, I mean, there's so yeah. much animosity in martial arts, especially in Chinese martial arts, for some reason. So it's good to see that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So yeah, Will's a nice guy. So I, I enjoyed uh, exchanging with him. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So your, your grand teacher um, taught your teacher, your teacher, how did he end up in Taiwan? You mean uh, Wang, Wang Songting? No, Gao Daosheng. Gao Daosheng, okay, Gao Daosheng, uh, he, he uh, moved with the military. He was in the military, right? Oh, that's he what fought, you mentioned. Uh, right, he fought with, uh, during the Kangri uh, Zhang right? The right. War of Resistance. Against Japan. So that went on for... Yeah, that went on since what from 1936 to 1945 right mm. yeah he was involved in the guerrilla warfare with the the team so yeah they would go out at night and uh i mention it but <laughs> yeah they did attacks on the on the japanese military right and then yeah and then after the that war ended he uh there's the communist right the uh, right. chinese communist so he eventually moved south, kept retreating, right? Retreating to, then eventually retreated to Hainan. And then from Hainan, they took the, uh, retreated to, to Kaohsiung. Okay. Yeah, from Hainan Island to Kaohsiung. And that's how he ended up in, uh, in Taiwan. And then, uh, he, after he was discharged from military, he started moving up north. So he, I asked him like, oh, so where have you been? Oh, I've been everywhere in Taiwan now. He, he went to Taichung and then settled in Jilong for a while. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then Jilong, he, uh, he, he, Kalashu, his education level, I said, was limited, right? Right. So his jobs, of course, his choices were limited too. So of he'd teach martial arts, but at this, also, uh, he'd, he'd uh, fix bicycles. He did, you know, odd jobs. Yeah, well, I mean, you you got to do what you need to do to survive, right? So, right, exactly, exactly. So he was in in Jilong, and then and then eventually moved to to uh, to Taipei. Yeah. Okay. All right. So when he when uh, he started teaching in in Taiwan, was there a lot of mantis there at the time? Yeah, Taiwan. The, a lot of the. Uh, Military, the ex-military people, they they came over from uh, from Shandong, right? Right. 
So the famous Li uh, Kunshan, uh, he moved mm-hmm. to Taiwan. So if I'm not, not sure if your listeners are familiar with the the Liang San Shan, you know, the three mountains of Liang. Right. The Li Kunshan, Wang Yushan, and Cui Shou Shan. So Li Kunshan moved to to Taiwan, and he taught uh, praying mantis here, the Meihua, what they called Meihua Tanglang, right? Okay. The old teachers they don't really differentiate; they just say, "Oh, Tanglang," just should Tanglang, right? They don't they don't really say, "Oh, Qingxing Tanglang," you know, Meihua Tanglang or Liuhe Tanglang, but yeah. So Meihua Tanglang, Li Kunshan, he brought that over here, and then there's also um, uh, Zhang Zhang Xiangshan, right? He's uh, the Liuhe Tanglang. So he brought it over here. And uh, Wang Songting, for some reason, people say he's, you know, what I've read is Qixing Tanglang. Okay. Yeah. So Seven star. Uh, yeah, yeah, seven star. But from what I see, I, he, you know, from his lineage and what he thought, I think it's mostly uh, uh, Meihua Tanglang, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to, you know, I mean, you, you'd be the person hands-on to be able to decipher this. And yeah, to... I think it's not the, the teachers who are really deciding. It's the, right. the outside people, the scholars, right? They're, they're, they're writing and then they want to label people, what they practice. They want to differentiate them right. from that to that. Yeah, the other teachers, they just say, oh, you're learning what? Which, what Talanshan do you practice? Oh, and then they just, ah, qixing, qixing, okay. Oh, whatever. Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. And if, and if you have too many, too many questions, you know, the old, like Galashi was kind of like, you know, you don't want to ask too many questions. <laughs> you want to upset him. <laughs> Could have a short fuse. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Shandong Pichi, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I live with Kaolash, you know. I lived with him for almost five years. So, he's, uh, he's Pichi. I've seen it, you know. So, I don't oh, want to really? ruffle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's, that's yeah, so, quite interesting. I mean, um, yeah. you mentioned that Kaolash was learning in the villages. There were people teaching in the villages back in Shandong. That's mm. also very, you know, the villages people, especially during the Republican era, I mean, that was really common that there'd be a local martial arts teacher that would, uh, te- yeah. you know, spend some time in this village teaching and go to the next village and teach. And, and they, they, a lot of these villages had, I mean, there wasn't much else for the young people to do in any case. And, and yeah. you know, yeah. they'd finish their days of work and there'd be an area that they'd meet and they'd train. And yeah. that's, that's exactly, that was the way of life. So, yeah. You know, in some senses, we mentioned two sides of it. The other side being that, you know, uh, your grand teacher had money and, uh, you know, he was able to right. pay for a teacher. But actually, that was right. less common than what you mentioned with regards to the villages. Um, right. You know, so, I, yeah. I can't substantiate the part where Wang Songting was a wealthy um, person. I, I'm not sure. It was just hearsay, right? right? Stories, right, right. right? Stories. But with uh, with Kalwasha, just one, he has a thick Shandong accent. So sometimes I'm, you know, part of it might maybe you know 85, 90 percent. I could kind of understand, right? After living with him, of course, you get get used to the accent, right? Yeah. But he did tell me like, oh, so in the villages, how did you practice, right? And he said that um, they had this. They would dig a sort of like a swimming pool type. Uh, pit hole right that, that the big pit yeah pit and they would put like corn stalks things there that's what i heard and they would they would practice there because it was really cold in the winter and there would be the ground would be uh, there would be snow so mm. it's not that this practice in the snow you would slip right so they had that kind of area where they would practice i'm not sure if 
Oh, I mean, yeah. I've heard Let, something like that as yeah. well. What did but, you say? Yeah, they put yeah, down it, corn corn stalks. Yeah, the the, the uh, well, part of the like uh, something like he said something like corn, like oh, he said mm. you mean the, the the leaves or something? You know, the that the like corn stalk, like the yeah. The, no, I, I think that that is something uh, that, that occurred. Maybe that was also done for... Um, yeah, padding, break... maybe, like padding. Exactly. Yeah, breakfall. Break like, yeah, padding. Yeah, yeah. so that's what uh, he said. That's what, what what I got from him. Yeah, yeah, for sure that was done. My teacher, I think, mentioned something similar, too, when he was young, as a young boy. Um, okay. They would train. Uh, they would also yeah, do... Yeah, he did... He did, uh, what's that, the uh, Fan Zhou Fan right? Well, before that, I mean, his first teacher was Zhao Zhong, who he started learning from as a young boy. And Zhao Zhong also oh, ran a Guoshu, Guoshu school. Uh, it was okay. uh, in, in Haidian district. Um, so he himself, although he's, his main style for himself was Xin Yichuan, of course, he had a diverse background. He was a, he was a professional mm. martial artist. So yeah. he he taught he started teaching my teacher what he classified as Shaolin Chuan. What it is exactly? Right. Again, yeah. it's uh, it's right. it's it's a classification. Yeah, generic, right? Yeah, my yeah, my, my teacher's got a pretty good record keeping, you know, thing. He would always keep notes and whatever. So he's he, he still has the notes and the names, etc., and uh, uh, of what he learned, and he 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 remembers most of it. But for that part of the training they would sometimes would also make padded areas like like you mentioned uh, it was only it was only later that his teacher started to teaching xing yichuan who was a little bit older oh really and that's normal yeah, i could just imagine yeah that's I could, I could just imagine because you know if you go to the very rural areas uh, that's uh where, where do you have a, a place to space to practice i mean i don't think there are parks right it's just the uh cornfield or rice uh, well in the villages for sure yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so that's and then they would, you know, every season the, the teacher would teach stuff and then you'd learn it and then during the winter time. Yeah, maybe the a pit. Let's practice, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that was like yeah. a form of entertainment, it was a form of social work, it was exercise, it was cultural. Yeah. Uh, it had uh, yeah, yeah. function. Yeah, there there are no there are no TVs, no no smartphones, right? Yeah, no TikTok. <laughs> I think, I think the yeah, nothing to distract you. <laughs> just, so, just practice martial arts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that was that was, uh, was uh, Kalash. He, uh, he then he came over to you know in Taiwan and taught uh, taught martial arts. And uh, well, he was involved with uh, several martial artists here. He, he collaborated with them. Mm. Um, a part of history, I think he uh, they were from the same uh, county. Jimo County was, uh, mm. I mean, um, I don't know if you're familiar. It's uh, Hanjing Town, right? Yeah, of course I'm familiar with him. Yeah. Yeah, if he, he, I think he graduated from the Nanjing Guoshu Kwai. Right. Yeah, and then he, when he came to Taiwan, he was uh, uh, teaching the police here. Yeah. yeah. And he's also mentioned, of course, in uh, Robert W. Smith's book. He's right. famous for his Qingna. Qingna. Yeah. So, and he had taught, he had taught the, uh, I think he had five or four famous students yeah um, i think one of them one of them is uh what's his name uh ah i can't recall the names are kind of embarrassing because maybe it's <laughs> the coffee coffee hasn't the caffeine hasn't really hasn't kicked in <laughs> yet my head it hasn't Not kicked in yet right? <laughs> yeah i'll get to that later well anyway Carlos was i uh, he, he uh he was i, I seen old pictures you know he didn't really mention hanjinta mm. uh, 
by by name, but he he, uh, he said that. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I know them. The, I know them, and that's pretty much it. And then, uh, well, from what I heard is when Han Qingtang's son went to uh, you know Bai Shi mm. with Wang Songting. Yeah, it was actually the same period as Gaolash, same time. So they they oh. at the same time. Oh, so right? that'd be There's, basically Shishongdi, basically. So yeah, but but Gaolash was much older, right? Yeah, and he also had an extensive martial arts background, and of course he was also a veteran at that time. Right. So right. yeah, so he, the area Wanghua mm-hmm. was where the, uh, Han Qingtang's martial arts school was. And there was a school there, the um, or a school there where Wang Songting taught that area there. Um, she, uh, yeah. Anyway, so Tan uh, Qingtang, I suppose he he liked uh, Wang Wang Songting's martial arts, so he wanted to learn from him. So mm-hmm. he sent his students to learn from Wang Songting. So okay. a lot of some of the forms that Wang Songting taught also. Uh, Went over to Han Qingtang's students. So Do you have any sure. examples of that? Oh, for example, Xiao Hu Yan. I was going to say, I know Xiao Hu Yan is, yeah, is included right. in their curriculum, but that's a Mantis-derived. Uh... Yeah, it's it's more of a uh, more of a, a hybrid, you would say, yeah. like a long fist and and praying mantis. Yeah, you'd have uh, jumping kicks, uh, and then Shen Feng Jiao, right? And exactly. Yeah. After that, and then you'd have like a few of the uh, the the mantis hands that you know the bolo tai gua you know right it's funny because there's a um there's a grouping of schools in south africa that uh, that the the teachers there uh learned from taiwanese and mm. um they're connected through descent to hanjintang and uh, you know they teach it's it is quite a eclectic system mm. and when I there's actually two, two I'm sure you're familiar with the Changhong group of schools in Taiwan right right, right so the exactly. one is the one comes from the Changhong system and the other one comes through Yang Jingming obviously and both are connected right. to Han Qingtang in in one way or the other right so I think I think through okay, Li, so Mao now, Qing, Li Mao Ching yeah the name yeah exactly, I was, was going to say the the, uh, the caffeine you know and then yeah. I said oh Li Mao Ching and then you then you then you mention it right yeah yeah <laughs> he was one of the He's one of the, the students of Han Qingtang. Right. So they both have somewhat a connection to him. And I remember I have a good friend that was uh, training in that school in South Africa. He actually lives in Taiwan now for the last 20 years. So he's di- he was training directly with the Changhong group and he still is there. But before he moved to Taiwan and he was, you know, training in South Africa, I was, you know, interacting with him a lot. And I was trying to figure out the system that they were doing because I was like, you know, Erlu Mai Fu and this and that. I'm like, okay, uh, you, you're yeah. doing you're doing Changchuan, but you're also right. doing Guoshu Institute, Lianbu Chuan and Gongli Chuan. Uh, and then you've got Shao Hu Yan. And I'm like, now suddenly you've got some Mantis right. content in there. I'm like, what, what what's going on here? So yeah. I started trying That's to look it. into Han Qingtang's background to try to figure out. Uh, and then obviously from there it made sense. Yeah, he had, he had several uh, teachers the two taught his students, so they picked right. up uh, other other systems. Yeah, and then Shahuyan was one of the forms. I, I would safe to say that it's safe to say that it was from maybe from you know like Wang Song Ti, right? Yeah, yeah, that would make yeah. sense. That would make sense. Yeah, and, and, and and you know yeah, the other content that they that they practice is 
I mean, when I look at Han Qingtan's background, I kind of like get, all right, obviously the Guan curriculum is there, but there's definitely Mei Hua Zhuang and there's Mei Hua in there and there's definitely some uh, Cha Chuan content in there as well. And, yeah. Uh, there, there was another teacher, uh, Mei Hua Chuan teacher named Wu Tipang. Okay. Wu, Wu, Wu Tipang. And I have photos of the t- uh, the teachers together. Mm. Um, when Gao Lao Shi opened his first school, the Xingsheng Guoshu Academy in Taiwan, uh, Wang, uh, what's his name? Um, and Qingtang and Wu Tipang, they, they attended. So they have this uh, photo of, uh, cool. of them all together, right? Did yeah, you anyway, practice so any Mei uh, From Gao Shi, I learned the uh, the Sibu Mei Hua Chuan. Okay. I'm not sure if that's related to to, uh, to Wu Tipang, but you might have. I, I didn't really ask Gao Shi. He just said, oh, it's, uh, it's, it's Di Gong, right? I took oh, out okay. some. Uh, I took out some digong. It was too hard for the students. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a it's it's a it's a Changshan set, but it also has some uh, digong inside it. But mm. I should took out some movements. He told me. Yeah, my teacher because obviously, it, as a young boy, also learned Meihua basics. You know, holding the posture and breathing for X amount of breaths, changing the posture, right. uh, breathing right. for X amount of. It's basically yeah. a foundational practice as well. It's also yeah. pretty common in Beijing. Yeah. Um, oh really? Uh, okay. I, yeah. I remember uh, 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 listening to your podcast. You had the Italian. Uh, yeah. Martial yeah, arts. yeah. 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 He seems to know more about Meihua. Yeah. Trend, so I, I leave I leave that part, portion to him. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I myself. Yeah. Listen, I, listen, I didn't yeah it was very informative. Yeah. It was very informative. He was talking about like his first teacher was from Taiwan, and then yeah. he went over to uh, he met he met this other teacher in China, right? So. Yeah, yeah he's so actually but, in but Beijing sh- now. He's living here now. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he's been here uh, since uh, the beginning of the year again. Yeah. But he's yeah, heavily he, focused he, in oh, wrestling now. So that's most of oh, his yeah. thing. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. So with, with Xiao Hu it's, it's quite a common also in Shandong. But then you have a lot of Shandong people who moved over to, uh, I, I believe it's uh, Heilongjiang, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they also have uh, their version of Xiao Hu both in Shandong, Taiwan, and then also in uh, Heilongjiang. Heilongjiang. In the northeast. Yeah, and then of course... Right. Of course, there's also in Hong Kong, in, there's people practicing uh, Shahuyan. Uh, the characters are different. Right. For the, yeah, yeah. For the, 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 the second character, right? For the, the bird, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what... but if, if you look at, but if you look at it, if you analyze it, it's more or less the same. You mean the, the routine? The routine, exactly. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, and then Wang Song, in in Hong Kong, is it is it taught through the Chinwu Association or uh, the Hong Kong? Yes, the, the Chinwu Association. I think the famous teacher there was uh, Lo Guangyu, right? Yeah, exactly. Who also was uh, a yeah, Mantis background. Yeah, he uh, he think he moved from uh, Yantai, I believe, mm. and then he moved over to to Shanghai, and then he was with the uh, Jingwu Association, right? Yeah. And then after that, he moved over to, to, I'm not sure if he moved to Hong Kong. Yeah. I'm not I actually think his sure. Student, maybe it's, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. If I, I don't want to get in trouble with the, the seven star community, right? <laughs> yeah, I have a, I have a, an old friend who comes out of the Hong Kong Jingwu Association, but he's been in North America for a long time teaching. He's actually really yeah. talented, but he's very low key. Right. Older people yeah. will know him. His name is Alex Kwok. Um, okay. 
Uh, but he's a phenomenal martial artist. He's much older now, though. But he was right. really yeah. a great martial His thing was mostly focused on Mizong Lohan, uh, which was taught mm. through the Jinwoo Association there. But, I mean, he's he was a very good representative of the Hong Kong Jinwoo Association. And uh, back in those early karate, you know, competition, sparring competition days, mm. point sparring, but anyway, he, he was... He was going entering as a chinese martial artist and just kicking butt and that's like 70s and whatever he's he's up in canada um i think he's in calgary right now i haven't spoken to him for a long time i should reach out and say hi but uh yeah he's he, he comes out of that out of that hong kong hey, jingle hey. So. hey hope he's listening to the podcast well i'll, I'll reach I'll... out and tell him every time i mention him in a podcast i'll or or he's mentioned in a podcast i always send him a message say hey we were talking about you <laughs> exactly yeah well i think in uh, with the jingwoo curriculum they had like uh the of course the the chang Chuan, and yeah they also had the praying mantis and they had the eagle claw so there was an intermingling the styles right yeah yeah and, well very and, similar and then, to the 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 goshu guan's idea you know so ah. yeah and then when they moved to to uh hong kong i think the the students brought it there not only in Hong Kong, they also spread it throughout Southeast Asia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could see with uh, Will, yeah, he, he went over and, and checked out some of the mantis uh, in Southeast uh, Asia. What uh, I heard is that he, some of the footage didn't make it into the final cut. Oh, okay. Uh, I wouldn't know. Okay. I must ask him. Yeah. Ask him what. Right. what if, maybe yeah, maybe he'll exactly. release a special edition later. Right. If he feels exactly. like it. If he feels like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, Jinwu was more. It was got a very strong foothold in Southeast Asia. Uh, mm. Quite interesting. Right. I think um, there was a an annual event. I'm not sure it was annual, but they have this uh, uh, performance where they invite uh, teachers from from China, Hong Kong, to come over to uh, to Malaysia. Mm. I, sometimes I saw, uh, I see, I watch the videos. Have some okay. Interesting differences between the uh, the Shanghai or the uh, China and the uh, and the what the what was uh, spread through the Jingwu in Southeast Asia? Yeah, I mean, there's gonna be, there's gonna be differences, but you could probably, you know, not. It's you could see it's the same thing, just slight differences, here and there. Yeah, right. So, so I want to so, get back to your story with uh, with Gaulausher. You mentioned that yeah. you lived with him. How did how did that right. that come about? Well, I was going for uh, my college education, so eventually moved to Seattle, Washington. Okay. And then there... Uh, you froze your butt yeah, off, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it rained too as well, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the the, uh, the latte or the co the espresso helps, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. Is that where your coffee <laughs> addiction began? I think so. <laughs> yeah, it's I funny. So. When, when I was in high school, one of the first uh, weekend jobs I had was at a, a coffee shop in South Africa called Seattle Coffee yeah. Company. Ah, and it was based yeah, so, on the you know that Pike Market, yeah. you know the fish sales, yeah, Pike, yeah, the Pike Place, yeah. Pike, Pike Place Market, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why when it, in Taipei, uh, when they opened the uh, the Starbucks, I said, I, I think I'm gonna come back to Taipei. I'm gonna I'm gonna live here. You know, they have Starbucks, <laughs> right? So whenever I feel like feel like uh, Seattle, then I, I go to Starbucks, right? Right, right. Yeah, so yeah, then so you I, went I up moved to Seattle. To, yeah, I went to Seattle, and then I, you know. I got into college, and at the same time, um, uh, I was looking for a place to train, right? Yeah. So I met uh, 
uh, a teacher there, a Tai Chi Chan teacher. It was very, I was very impressed with him. His, uh, his name is Harrison Moretz. Okay. And he's he's the director of the uh, Taoist Studies Institute. So I went to his school, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. On his uh, back back then, you know, he had the windows, and they would say Bagua Xing Yi, right? Oh, I got cool. curious about that. Yeah. And so I went over there and. And then I said, oh, okay, I'm from Taiwan. I'm John Yusebi, I'm from Taiwan, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then, and then he says, uh, then he started speaking to me in Mandarin. I was like, wow, this, this, uh, this guy is, uh, is a white person and he can he speak fluent Mandarin. I'm Very impressed, cool. right? Yeah, and then he, at the, he asked me who my teacher was. I said, oh, Gao Daoshan. And he says, oh, Gao Daoshan, I know him. You know, uh, Xin Gongyuan, Xin Gongyuan, because Gao Daoshan used to teach at the New Park, Xin Gongyuan. Ah. And he said, oh, Oren Shitai, you know, I know him. So he he actually practiced with Gao Shi before, and I said, "Oh, really? Then that makes you my Sishong, right? You should Sishong, right?" And then he told me, "Like, oh, we have a kids martial arts class here. Why don't you come over? Right? You can teach the martial arts class for me, just oh, like that, cool. right?" <laughs> <laughs> so I went over, and then I I, I helped him uh, teach the the kids martial arts class. So that kind of inspired me. I remember when I went to Seattle, I'd, I'd only I'd only trained with Gao Shi for two years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was sort of like, well, you know, if you think about two years, and you know, now you're looking from a thirty-year-old year, your practice, and you're like, you know, what, what was I like, in, you know, when I first started training, mm. right? Two years, you know, just learn a few forms, things yeah. like that, right? Yeah. So I, I taught that that uh, the kids' class, and that kind of inspired me, you know. So oh, maybe I should, uh, you know, teach martial arts for a living, mm. right? <laughs> 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 yeah, we're laughing, both laughing here. So that, that's you know, you're young, you know. So um, well, it's a very yeah. allure, it's a very alluring way to practice martial arts. Tell yourself yeah. you have a job, but actually be broke. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, it's it's it feels, it's pathetic. So I'm so sorry for for for. I mean, it's, it's a dream, right? It's a passion, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so with uh, with Harrison uh, Moretz. He exposed me to a lot of things too. He had a a, a library hmm. uh, in in his uh, institute, and one of the books that I saw was uh, Robert W. Smith's book. Okay. And he had yeah, and he had two copies, and so I said, "Hey, Harrison, can I borrow this?" Sure. You know? And so I took it home and really read read it read it because a lot of the teachers he was talking about, you know, they're, they're the teachers that the one I just mentioned, right? There's like yeah. uh, Han Jing Kang, hmm. uh, Wang Song Ting, and all this. So I was like, oh. It's really interesting and uh, made me want to go back to Taiwan again to <laughs> really, really know, know, you know, the the art, right? Because I'd only right. spent uh, two two years as a, you know, like a basically an outside student just coming in like, uh, you know, weekly, maybe three or four times a week to college yeah. school and then, then make, went to Seattle. So I had that in my head, you know, and then, well, job-wise didn't really work out for me in Seattle. I was doing odd jobs. I was working at Haggadahs, right? Okay. Scooping ice cream. Yeah. And then, um, then one day I just told my mom, I was like, hey, I think I want to go back to Taiwan. And she said, she asked me if I was serious about it. I wanted to live with Galao Shu. She said, okay, that's your, what you want to do and, and do it, right? Mm. And then, uh, oh, I didn't have the money at that time. So, and uh, so I, I kind of asked my, my, my dad who hadn't contacted it in like, you know, since, since, uh, I don't know, since I was uh, 13 or so. And so I, right. I called him and, and he said, like, oh, so you want to go to Taiwan, huh? So, okay, sure. So he gave me like $300 and a plane ticket. Okay. <laughs> and that was it. Okay, so I, I called Galash. 
I called Gal. She said, "Hey, Gal, 老师，我要跟你住，可以吗？我可以跟你，可以。”He says,、uh, "Yeah, I had to get permission from my mom first." Okay. And so then, so my mom, you know,、uh, you know,、uh, gave her the the the, the handset for the telephone, and he said, "Okay, okay, sure." So that's it. So I I moved to Taiwan.、Uh, that was in、uh, 1994, I believe, 1994、mm. or 93, and、uh, 94 or 93,、uh, whichever. Yeah, I think it's 93. Yeah, 93. So I had 300 dollars in my in my pocket, and I had to you know find a job soon, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. So when I、uh, you know with the Eva Airways when they move when they、uh, fly to Taiwan usually arrive like like around 5 a.m. or so. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, and so I got to Galash school at、uh, at six a.m. Yeah, and then he uh, he uh, he uh, showed me like, oh, oh, I don't have a room for you right now, so you're gonna be uh, staying staying in the same bedroom as me. It's like whoa. <laughs> was he was he single? <laughs> yeah, he's single. Yeah, he's single. Ah, thank, yeah, thankfully, because that would have been awkward. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. So he had a, a, an extra another another bed. Yeah, they don't have mattresses on their bed.、They're、just basically uh, uh, on top of a a blanket.、Mm. Yeah, just a board,、uh, and then on top of that was just just a blanket. Right. You just yeah. So so I, I stayed in the same bedroom with him for about like two、uh, two weeks until、uh, he got the the other the other room ready for me. Okay. So yeah, we call our shoe in, in school. You have、uh, foreign students. Sometimes staying for, you know, two months,、uh, maybe、uh, maybe two weeks, a month, and then some of them, you know, will stay for years. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. So he was、yeah. actually pretty well known internationally that people would come and seek him out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.、Okay. We had students from mostly from Japan. We had French students. We also had students from Saudi Arabia. Oh, Jace. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Yeah. We had also like、uh, Israeli students.、Uh, Mm. All over Belgium, yeah, Australians, yeah, yeah. How how would they have heard about Galauscher? One of the ways、uh, they got to know Galauscher was through the Guo Shuhui, the 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 uh that they call it the at that time, Zhonghua、uh, Guo Shuhui, right?、Uh, the Guo Guo Shu Association or Federation. Yeah, Guo Shu Association, right? And then、yeah. they would ask like, "Hey, do you call him? Do you, do you know?"、Um, Do you need martial arts teachers? I'm looking for a martial arts teacher, and they would either send them to if they're into Wing Chun, they would send them to Lu Mangkam,、mm-hmm. Lu Wenjing. He's, he's、yeah. supposed to be the、uh, yeah 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 the Wing Chun, and then the other they would send to Kaloshu. Do you know anybody、yeah, so、that, from those days from the Guoshu Federation who was in charge? I don't. Was his name Yang Zhuifeng or something like that? Was、uh, it Yang? Yang not、so? really. Not really. I, I did train with.、Uh, Rosa Chen. I'm not sure if you know her. Rosa no. Chen. No.、Um, she she's、uh, she used to be a secretary there. Okay. She、uh, she's she's known internationally. She she、uh, she had the、uh, the you know the the international coach for Taiji Chen. You know, for, and also、oh, she's, she's a Taiji teacher. C- certified certified、uh, you know、uh, judge for the. Because you know, there was a there was a branch in South Africa of the Guoshu Association.、Um, No, in my, my, in my, my teen my years, I competed、yeah. quite、yep. a few times. I was their national champion quite a few times as well. Yeah, oh, a long、really? time ago. Yeah, you know, they might be connected somehow because a lot no, of they, they、uh, are Taiwanese. Connected. Yeah, they're, they're connected. connected. Okay. Yeah. yeah.、Uh, okay. So、there、it was an official、see. branch of theirs in South Africa. 
Right, right, right. I, I know there's a lot of uh, Taiwanese who immigrated to South Africa. Well, that, that's what I was going to say to you, because uh, and not, uh, thanks for reminding me, because when you said that you grew up in that area in Taiwan where the international school was and your friend was like this right. blonde kid, etc., etc. Right. I had, I had the exact opposite experience in South Africa because I left South Africa young. And when I moved back, I was an immigrant, right? So right. Um, when I went to my first school on the first day, there were a few other immigrants and they were from Taiwan. And, oh, um, and, and, you know, we were speaking earlier about, uh, uh the South African Dutch, uh, language, which is called Afrikaans. So Afrikaans, yeah. yeah, of course I'm way behind. Um, I never, cause I, w I didn't grow up my, in South Africa for those years. So when I went to the new school, when I got back there, I had to go do immigrant Afrikaans. So, you know, the kids, ah, it's it's, ESL it's, basically, right? Yeah. So it's, ESL it's, for Africans. When, yeah. So when we had those classes, I was always with the immigrants, which were Taiwanese kids, yeah. and we became Taiwanese. best friends. And so I grew up with yeah. mostly that if if, at that time, if they were Chinese kids in South Africa, they were from Taiwan and they became my best friends. So I grew up, you know, in their houses and oh, okay. so you uh, got exposed to the Taiwanese culture. Were they were they uh, Mandarin speaking or were they uh, the Taiwanese or the uh, oh, both? They both. spoke, uh, you know, that uh, Taiwanese well, it's kind of like a Minan dialect, right? Minan, right, right. Yeah, and uh, and Mandarin, of course, they learned at school. So, um, and then and then when I went to high school, I went to a Chinese high school, and it was originally ah. uh, Taiwanese aligned the, with the Taiwanese uh, government. So okay. we had we had so, like so that, were the classes in Mandarin? Yeah. So there's the the school had two functions. Um, the one yeah. was catering so the, specifically for fresh off the boat immigrants, and they do okay. Uh, English FOB, intensive, yeah. yeah. They do English intensive yeah. courses in a. So this uh, is a, a bilingual program, bilingual school. We have right. those in Taiwan now. A lot, a lot of them are like that yeah. now. They, they, so that's, uh, where, they that's where I went to high school. I mean, I remember in our oh, assembly yeah. hall we had like a big portrait of uh, uh, Doctor Sun, you know, in the middle Dr. there. Sun, yeah. yeah. Over the years, oh, though, yeah. South Africa's Chinese uh, demographic changed when business started happening with yeah, well, with China. Land. Yeah, so, mainland, mainland China, right? And, and I must say, I think the mainland Chinese business took over. So a lot of the Taiwanese people kind of, kind of went back. Yeah. But you know, my best friends were. I think well, some Taiwan. of the first Chinese words I learned were local Taiwanese curses, uh, <laughs> you know, which I, aren't even used in the mainland. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, well, in, in Taipei, when I grew, I grew up in Taipei, and Taipei, uh, they didn't really speak much uh, uh the taiwanese right because uh, at that time remember taiwan was in martial law yeah 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 so you couldn't speak taiwanese in schools it would be frowned upon right yeah, yeah. people don't actually so, know that about west a lot of westerners don't know that there was martial law and right right and, and I, I, I grew i grew up in that i grew up in that era yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they wouldn't they wouldn't you know why don't you you know you've been in taiwan for so long how come you only know a few you know Taiwanese words were mostly curses, right? And then, yeah. Well, now it's getting better. Now it's getting better because my mother-in-law, they're they're from Geelong, so ah. you know, they they, <laughs> they they speak uh, they speak Taiwanese to me. And, uh, huh? What are you, what are you what are you talking about? You know, Shamiwako, <laughs> You know, Shamiwako, <laughs> Yeah. It's like, well, what is that? Well, what are you what are you saying? Right. Anyway, so um, yeah, in uh, in Kaohsiung though, in Tainan. Those areas, Taichung, maybe they speak more. Uh, not maybe, but they do speak more Taiwanese. Mm, mm. Uh, in, in Taipei, it's it's uh, exposed more to to Mandarin. 
Yeah, that's interesting about your your experience because I yeah. know in Taiwan, mm. Taiwan had diplomatic relations with South Africa, South Africa for the longest time. Very strong relations. That's yeah. why I told you, like even through high school when I was uh, competing, yeah. I was competing in the Gorshu Association Championships down there. Ah, so okay. yeah, that's they had lay tie, yeah. they had everything. You know, and then and then ah, slowly you mean, things change. I, 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 as a late we just have this sort of like uh, a catcher's uh, mask. Yeah, then, so you got you the know, cage, the, on the your yellow, face. yellow, the yellow and blue outfits, and then you only had these work work gloves. Yeah, and you're you allowed to knee, like, knee each other. Yeah, right. Those are tough. I've I've seen those. Uh, yeah. I've seen those those uh, in in person. I went to the to the competition. I was like, wow, that's that's tough. Yeah, but like I said, the yeah. demographic change. Even my high school. You know, there were a bunch of kids at my high school who were basically, I mean, there was a, a, a Buddhist temple that was also built in, in South Africa, one of the biggest, yeah. and it was built by the Taiwanese government. Ah, okay. So. And, um, and actually, a lot of the kids in the school that were with me in the first few years were, they had come to basically run Iguandao temples, you know, so... Yeah. Interesting that you say that. Interesting that you say Iguandao because my wife is uh, Iguandao. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you're still pretty strong over there. But wasn't it outlawed during martial law period in in Taiwan? Well, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. I remember at some point it wasn't wasn't legal. It only became legal Uh, at some point. Right. Anyway, I'd have to look it up. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, my my, my, uh, wife's wife. But I I didn't didn't meet her through the Iguandao, but I... They've, they've, they've been known to, you know, the recruiting ways are mm. kind of questionable sometimes. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I had a few classmates that, uh, um, they tried to recruit you. Yeah. <laughs> like, you into, you oh, no, oh, you need a haircut. La, my, my, my mom cuts hair. Why don't you come over for a haircut? And the next thing you're getting the middle, lecture. <laughs> you're getting initiated, right? Yeah. That's what yeah. happened to me before I was teaching at this one kindergarten, right? And then the, one of the teachers and at that time was, of course, young and says, oh, she, she, she's kind of cute, right? And then she yeah. said, oh, can, I, can we meet uh, on a weekend? And I said, oh, sure. So I met her. And then, and then she brought me to, next thing you know, yeah, she, brings, she brings me to this one place. I, my professor wants to meet you. I was like, what? Professor? I thought we were going on a date, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then and there you go. You're in the middle of, uh, you know, like yeah. a lecture in, in, initiation. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, so... <laughs> But uh, speaking of uh, this connected to Robert Smith's experiences, I mean, uh, Wang Shujin. Wang Shujin was involved in that too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, exactly. I think he was a priest. uh, Wang Shujin. I heard heard also Wang Shujin and also uh, Zhang Junfeng. Okay, were they? Yeah. Yeah. Could be. They were were, were Iquan Dao, yeah. And then that's what I heard that. I'm not sure because uh, um, I'd have to ask... uh, Hong Zhehan Lao Shi is uh, he's coming out with that book, right? Right, the blurred um, boundaries, blurred yeah, boundaries. Yeah, so yeah, with with uh, Chris Christopher Bates. Yeah. So right, they, they know right, more about right. that about that. So we'll, we'll we'll I'll read I'll read it and see see uh, see what I can. But I, I what I heard is that Zhang Junfeng and Wang Shujin they were they were uh, Iguan Dao. Yeah, that's so a lot I of their students. A lot of their students were also involved with the uh, the Iguan Dao. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. But you know, from my experience. You know, yeah, go ahead. If I'm experienced like yours, like where you, you, they, their recruitment practices are questionable. <laughs> you know, they don't tell you, and then next thing you know, you're you're being initiated. And I didn't, I didn't feel too good. I didn't feel too good about that. I kind of <laughs> felt like I was this deceived or tricked, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It kind of feels but like when somebody it's like when somebody calls you in for like a, oh, can we meet for coffee? It's like a workmate and yeah. you meet for coffee and they're trying to sell you they're trying to get you into Amway. I'm like, oh Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so well, so with my wife when I heard she's Ipan Oh, you know, I had to tell her my experience. Was, oh, that's another a sect of that of Iguandao. Oh, okay. So you guys are different, right? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they don't they don't force me to you know to become vegetarian or to oh, okay. you know to do that. I so mean, these guys were really pretty. Nice these guys were pretty strict. I went to one of my friends' homes, and yeah. um, they had dogs. Yeah, and the uh, dogs are vegetarian. I'm like, uh, really? Yeah, <laughs> no, they wouldn't feed the dog meat. I'm like, your dog's not gonna make it, <laughs> but the yeah, dog made yeah. it. I don't know. The dog was fine. <laughs> so yeah, they had a couple of yeah, German it, shepherds. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just remember when I went to that lecture uh, and, and initiation, the person next to me also didn't know what he was there for. <laughs> was he also <laughs> on a date? <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe it was from the, the same girl invited him. Uh, anyway, so he he was actually. Uh, Chinese American, so we were speaking English. Like, oh, it's like, wait, why are you here? It's like, oh, I don't know. It's like, why are you here? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is the weirdest yeah. booty call I've ever had in my life. Right, right. <laughs> and then and, and, and then they had the the them separated. So you had like the males on the I think the right side and the females mm. on the left side. And they were all the females were dressed in the sort of like what with uh, Madame Chang. She wears the the traditional chi pao. Yeah, I remember it was, it was blue. It was blue. okay, yeah. So I have a thing for cheap house. So I was like, "Oh, that, that's well, kind of nice." Huh? The interesting my, thing wife, about a cheap house <laughs> is that it's it's actually Manchu clothing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were mentioning yeah, um, the book that's coming out, blurred boundaries. But you know, the Chinese version's been out for a while. Right? Yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris, uh, I I actually also train uh, with uh, Hong Zhuhan Lao who is oh, uh, you do okay, Hong, cool. I started training with them because of Will. <laughs> oh, so, really? What, yeah, when Will came over uh, before that, he asked me, like, hey, can you set up some interviews with martial arts teachers there? Uh, sure, yeah. I'll, I'll uh, call people, right? So, mm-hmm. And one of the the, the uh, person that I, I kind of saw in their video that uh, Hong Zahan has quite a, a social media presence. So yeah. I said, hey, maybe I'll contact him. And when I, when I contacted him, I found out that his... Uh, the place, the park that he trains in, is actually five minutes from where where I live. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, so I went up there, and he's very friendly, and he says, "Okay, we'll consider the interview." And you know, Chris was there, mm-hmm. and then uh, okay, so but somehow the 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 scheduling didn't work out. So the, yeah, that, uh, something the, like that. The interview, the interview didn't happen. But I said, I asked Hong Lao Shi if I could, you know, train, and said, "Sure." And so it's only five minutes from my home, so. Oh, very really cool. nice. So, uh, yeah, so I started training, and then, you know, and then we meant, you know, they were talking about the, the book that was coming out. Chris was translating it. Yeah. Mm. I bought the so, book when I was in Taipei. Uh, yeah, you were, yeah, you were talking about the, uh, the, the, there's also the Chinese version, and then, yeah, the, that's uh, the one I bought. I bought that one when it was just, just released, like a week after it was released. I happened to be in Taipei, uh, and okay. I went through to Lion Books and bought it there. Yeah, so I've, I've had it for a while, but I, you know, I'll get the English version because I think it needs right. to be supported. Well, the English the version, the English version from what uh, Chris Christopher uh, Bates told me is that it has more. Oh, yeah, has I've more heard material. that too. So that's, or, or, and also different material. 
So there's some material right, in right. the Chinese version well, that's not in the English one. Right. They, so. they, uh, they really went out of their way to get the photos, things like right. that. Right. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the copyright, the copyright and everything. And they also got it. Yeah, I had to do photos. all of that for my book as well. You have to get rights uh, for everything. You need, if you're going to yeah, do, yeah. do it properly, otherwise you're going to run into trouble. So, right. so yeah. they, some unreleased photos. Uh, I'm really looking right. forward to, to that book as well. And yours yeah. too. <laughs> Oh, well, thanks. Actually, I'm yeah. I'm interviewing I'm interviewing uh, Chris Chris on Monday, so right, right, it'll be interesting. Right. It'll be interesting to yeah. hear his his yeah. journey and his story. But yeah. now that you're you're training with them, what's that been like? As coming from your background, I don't know what you're learning right. at the moment with them. Well, but well, I kind of dabbled with uh, Shingi and Bagua. Mm. So okay. my first teachers were um, uh, Harrison. You know, he taught, he showed me some yes. Bagua. I was going to ask you about his background. I don't know if you know much about his background. I do, I do. He okay. uh, he's a disciple of Feng Zhichang. Okay, so he does Huan Yuan, the Huan Yuan system. Yeah, Huan Yuan. Yeah, the, the Chen Chen style. He was the one who got me into Taiji as well. So okay, <laughs> yeah. So when I was in Seattle, uh, I, tr I was translating for the the visiting teachers. Mm. Most of them were the yeah, Huan Yuan teachers, because right. they they would get a they would get a. Uh, it's a regular Chinese speaking uh, person, and you know when they start saying the you know, uh, shu, shu, uh, you know the Tai Chi classics, they didn't understand, right? So it's a different jargon. So they asked, "Hey, have Jump come over and translate." So that was it. Anyway, so Harrison, with through Harrison, what was the question again? Well, we got his background. You said he's Feng Chang, but you were telling me about your background in Bagua, and then how that's gone. Right, into, right, okay, yeah. So with exposed through Harrison because of the, the teachers that he had teaching at his school also. Mm. So yeah. there was a Zhang Jie. Zhang Jie, I only trained with him for uh, a couple months. Okay. Uh, Zhang Jie was uh, training with, um, is that Liu Xinghan? Is that, is that yeah, about Liu Xinghan, so that's South District Cheng style. All right, all right. So he was teaching, that's what, I guess what, what he was teaching me. So my first exposure to the Dan Huan Zhang, Shuang Huan Zhang, right? Yeah, yeah. Was, and the and the and the uh, Bu was from uh, Zhang Jie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then later on, and in Seattle also, and I was living there for five years. I met uh, Frank Wong. Okay. Yeah, Frank Wong, and uh, at that time I had a student, uh, Les Les Yanover. Uh, he, he's uh, one one day he called me and said, "Hey, there's a, a Xing seminar. I'm a mm -hmm. slow learner, but if I have you." Come with me. I'll pay for your the uh, the the, uh, the fee to to attend the seminar, mm -hmm. and then you just pick it up and then you teach it to me later. And I said, okay, that's a good deal. <laughs> sure. Cool. So so I went. To, uh, that's when I met Frank Wong, and Frank Wong brought over uh, Li Tai Liang, ah, okay. Professor Li Tai Liang from, from New uh, York. He's from Taigu, right? Taigu Province. He's supposed to be from. Uh, I I shouldn't say supposed, but he is from Taigu Province originally, right? Well, yeah, he does Shanxi Xingyi. Right, and he, he, so he told me that uh, he was... Taigu, right. And then he, yeah. uh, he, was, uh, he studied uh, Wushu at the uh, Beijing University, right? Yeah, so he was actually... A, he was professionally in, involved in the sport, and then he had a focus on Sandai as well. Right, exactly. Uh, with, uh, he said his teacher was uh, um, the Cha Chuan teacher. Um, uh, at the Beijing Sports the, University? Yeah, the Beijing Sports University. It's... Uh, What's his name again? He's the coffee, the coffee. Zhang, Zhang. Oh, Zhang Wenguang. Zhang Wenguang, right. Exactly. Yeah, he's so he said, he said Zhang, yeah. Wang, 
Judge, oh, sorry to hear that. Uh, well, it's, he it's was been a while, actually. So. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> he was the he was the delegate that was sent to Germany, right in the thirties, right? Exactly. He performed at the <laughs> Berlin Olympics, so you right, know. right, right. Nineteen thirty-six, of course. Uh. <laughs> anyway, uh, with with uh, he said, Zhang Wenguang was the, really the person who started the Sanda. Uh, initiative, right. yeah. Started initiative, initiative, to, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, trying to put, uh, you know, Wu back into the Wushu, right? Well, just trying to make an event because uh, you know there was an event before that had free fighting, and then ah. there was that was stopped for a while. So he was just trying to bring back a standardized event, and uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that was that was back to your the topic is the question was uh, how did I get into the the Baguan Xing Yi is yeah. Through, yeah. Through through a Zhang Jie Harrison and then also um, with Frank Wong attending yeah. that seminar where where was uh, Li Tailang Li Tailang showed um, it was very strange because it's not you know I, I what I saw from uh, from the magazines and and the mm. videos is mostly of the um, uh, the uh, what you call the Hebei Xing Yi right 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 and then he was showing us you know you, more of like very hunchback. Oh, so yeah. they, they have it? a, yeah. you know, Li Tai Liang Xing Yi is actually combined a little bit. They kind of mix okay. dai so, style with, right. with Chu oh, style. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he showed us, the first exercise he showed us was the monkey. Uh, yeah, so that's that dai style Xing Yi. That's something yeah. else. All right, okay. Yeah. yeah. He told us to, to practice that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 so yeah. Dun Ho Shi, the squatting monkey uh, posture and that exercise where you hunch back, sweat, and, you know. So whenever I learn something... Yeah, whenever I learn something, I see something's different. I give it a try. Yeah. yeah. So I would, I would like uh, get up really early in the morning before work, and I would do the the squatting monkey exercise okay. for quite a while. And um, I think the way uh, when I saw uh, he's really friendly because you know um, I, I I helped uh, translate during that seminar as well. Okay. Cool. So and he was, you know, he's telling me like, hey, you know, show me some, uh, show me some of your stuff. And he said, hey, come to New York. Like, that's what he told me. He told me to go to go over and uh, to New York. I said, Nah, I got commitments in Seattle, so I like it here. Yeah. Anyway, so he was showing the. He showed us the uh, the the what's that? The uh, the the five the five elements. Okay. The the linking yeah. or the individual. Just individual. Just show us yeah, yeah. the so the wu, pi, the zhang, right? Yeah. The pi zhang, the peng, the zhuan, heng. I don't know how which order Pao. they go. But yeah, Pi Zuan Bung Pao Hong is the creative cycle, but a lot of people practice at Pi Bung Zuan Pao Hong. Uh, it doesn't really right. matter. Right. He, he said something about like uh, he, he said like the Dai family and the Che style, right? Yeah, exactly. Che style. Yeah. yeah. Che style. Yeah. So that that's what he uh, so, and he also showed us like a, 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 a sort of a form, a stick form. It's more based okay. on the on the Tao. He called it the uh, the yeah three treasure stick form. Oh, okay. Sambao. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. That was okay. a very short form. Very short form. Yeah. And right. They said Li Thailand, Li, Li Thailand, Professor Li Thailand was also uh, training the uh, the Wu Jing or something, right? The, the police, I, right? I think something like that while he was still, while he was still in China. But he's been in, in China, New York right. a very long time. Very long time, yeah. I think his son is yeah. uh, teaching for him now, right? I think, I think Li yeah. Thailand also still teaches, but uh, yeah. Right. 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 And then... Um, and Mark then what else, Lee, uh, yeah. right, right, Mark Lee. And then you were talking about um, who's that? Uh, the another martial arts teacher that passed away recently. And I remember you in your podcast, you, you and uh, Andrea. Fox, oh, Shabo Hua. Yeah, Shabo Hua. That's uh, so we have some mutual friends there. We we uh, yeah. 
I met I met him through uh, a, a dinner. Uh, sorry, sorry, lunch with uh, with him. So he he, uh, he was a very interesting person. He was, he was one of my favorite people. He was one of my favorite oh, people really? that was involved because really? he had he he took no bullshit. He, he would tell you oh, exactly okay. what he thinks about it, and right. um, okay. and he you yeah. know he comes from a traditional yeah. background, and he okay. you know yeah. he focused on yeah the full he thing. He made quite a, yeah he made quite an impression with me. So there were two people there uh, besides Sha uh, Sha. There was this, cha, cha, sorry, and then there's also uh, Michael Lee. Do you know him? Li Yongchen. Mm, Li Yongchen. Really. Yeah. No. yeah, Li Yongchen. He also comes. He comes from uh, Gansu Province in Lanzhou. Okay. I, he, I think he's a disciple of the, uh, uh, the what's the the ones that did do the, um, the Ma family. Uh, yeah, the Ma family. Yeah, he's yeah, one of the yeah, disciples. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. So we had we had lunch with we had lunch with with uh, the professor, and then he told me the professor told me that uh, he was. Uh, I said like you know I watch a lot of those uh, survey videos, the Chinese version videos. He was in charge of that. Ah, oh, okay. Of the uh, the uh, China martial arts survey videos, right? Yeah, and then I said, oh, you know, so what happened to the other ones, right? And he said, oh, the, I think uh, the uh, those videos are. <laughs> They're locked up. They're locked They're up locked in a up, cupboard right? yeah. and they've probably grown mold on them. I've been trying to get them out for exactly. 20 years. I've been trying to yeah, get them right, out for right. 20 years. Right, so. right. So he said he, he was he was in charge of that. And so that was very interesting because I, you know, I learned a lot from uh, from those videos, watching those videos, especially the, the Shandong survey videos. Right, right. That was the Waijue yeah. Zhongli period. And they went and filmed all of these people that are no longer uh, with us from back then. My teacher yeah. was also... Uh, helping out because Kango Wu was an acquaintance. Oh, uh, okay. So, oh, Kango yeah. Wu, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, okay. so yeah. they are. It's, 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 it's priceless videos. Yeah. Priceless. Yeah. And they're, and they're just, they're probably, they probably on, are, have been destroyed by mold by now. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So, that's, uh, that's terrible. Anyway, that's, what yeah. are you going to do? So, that was that? My, ex my, my exposure to uh, Xing Yin Baku. I just kind of dabble. I didn't want to get too much into it. Because I didn't want it to uh, influence too much of the praying mantis, so my of focus course. was really under on on the praying mantis. So he, he said, you know, when you're cooking, you're slowly simmering it, right? Whatever you mm. put in the pot, be careful, right? Yeah. <laughs> put too much yeah. of one in, one ingredient, the other, the taste will be different. I think a weight dodge your bin, So I said, there's there's a there's a praying mantis dough that combines shingi and uh, uh, I don't know if it's bagua, right? But they say mm. it's uh, you know the babu tanglang, right? Eight step okay. praying mantis. So there's just one if, form. I think it's isn't it baji that they combine? No, no, it's just uh, it is bagua. I don't know. Is it bag? Uh, is it bagua jiang or another? You know, there's another ah. uh, martial arts with the bagua chen or something. Mm. The other one shingi, thing and then okay. praying mantis, and then one of the forms uh, li pi. There's a section there where you do sort of like the pi chen, you know. Oh right. So I, yeah, so that's that's kind of interesting. So I said, oh maybe uh, you know learn. So whenever I do that form. And they do that that section there. I kind of do it more of a shingy flavor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And now with so, with and, your studies with uh, with uh, Hong Laosha. Yeah, Hong Laosha impresses me. He's he's uh, he's is uh, he's in his sixties, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the first time I got to see him was through that BBC program, the, uh, the Way of the Warrior. Mar yeah. Right. Right. So he, at that time, my impression of the uh, of their system was they why were they wearing karate uniforms yeah 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 so and so i was kind of kind of questioning that right but then from robert w smith's book you know he had very high regards for the family right uh, Hong, yeah Hong, Hong, Hong Yishang and uh 
So and just because of will, like I said, right? I went to to it, and then from from the first lesson, I was really impressed with uh, Hong Hong Zhehan Lao's skills, mm. and also he, the way he explains the you know the techniques, the movements, right? Right, right. I I, I say from from what I from what I learned from what I've seen about Bagua and Xing, I think they very combined the two the elements of the Bagua and the Xing. No, together. you can see that. You can yeah, see very that. well, yeah. very well. Yeah, yeah, and they're very they're very focused. Uh, every movement can be applied. Like they have an application for it. It's not just yeah. a, you know like a fancy movement. Well, that's how it's supposed to be with Xing and Bagua. You know, there's certain yeah. things that are, you know, gong fa or lian gong, but the the majority right. of Xing's techniques are applicable and Bagua right. too. So right. So so with the with the principles, the um, the, the the form and the movements they they all you know and the applications right so and yeah. also the power right there's yeah. also the power and, yeah the and shinfa really the like, body mechanics and the whole right. body jungti right. yeah right and i really like uh hong lao shi's shinfa so and then yeah and so also is the way he teaches the way he teaches it's very uh yeah there's a good feeling so i mean i've been well, with other teachers yeah that's so, great that you got, you've started to get that i mean it's it's not is it, it's really nice that even if you've practiced something for a long time, you've let those vegetables simmer for a long time. So they're your right, vegetables. Right. They've got the right way down. They've got the right flavor. And <laughs> yeah, now you can so. still you can still go on and, and look at other stuff, learn some other stuff, and it won't really... Yeah. It's only going to add yeah. to it at this point. It's not going right, to do exactly. anything. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really grateful to, you know, Galashi and, and my Sushong from Galashi. They, they really gave me a good... Uh, martial arts background like a, mm. a solid foundation so the, right. the stances and and also being able to to um, um, observe you know the, the it's, yeah. it's very in martial arts you have to have a really good eye you know see what people yeah. are really doing you know, yeah. and not just you know in, you know i see this you know monkey does that i do the same thing you know <laughs> monkey see monkey do yeah right exactly <laughs> you have to analyze it too right and yeah. 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 Did well, you um did does the does the school of Gaulausha still exist? It does. It does. And uh, who's, the, who's, who's taken over? The person who's taken over his grandson. Ah, okay. Yeah. His grandson. His grandson uh, uh immigrated or came over to Taiwan uh when he was uh I think uh 10 or 12. So oh. he has two grandsons. Both of them uh, moved from Shandong to to uh, to Taiwan later on. That was in the in the nineties, the late nineties. Okay. Yeah, and then, and then uh, the 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 older son took over for a while, and then after that he returned to uh, went to return to Shandong. The younger grandson is the one uh, Gao Yuhua is the one who's uh, heading. Who's running now. it now? Okay. Yeah, it's running it now. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah, still train the, there? I do, I do. I uh, sometimes they they call me to go over there to uh, instruct uh, visiting students from, from from abroad. So very cool. Try to do what, I, yeah. So I try to contribute, try to help out, things like that. So still very involved with the with the family and mm. and my uh, dashishong. So I help out whenever I can. Right, but uh, in Taiwan, you know, the situation here is that not that many people practice traditional Chinese martial arts anymore. I think it's yeah. a worldwide issue right now. Yeah, so it's kind of sad. Yeah. So, for, exa- for example, at, uh, in, uh, at uh, Hong, Hong Lao Shi's uh, uh, park, right, the, the, the park where we train, the average mm-hmm. age there is 50, 50 years old. Oh, really? 
Yeah, the students. Yeah, I'm fifty, right? I'm over fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm considered the one of the youngest there. Right? <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, uh, with with uh, Kalashir's uh, school as well. Um, yeah, there are not many that many students anymore. Yeah. But in in Taiwan in general, is it that younger people are not interested in any martial arts? Is 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 it? It's it's a question of survival. I, I asked that question to you know mm. to uh, people here, and they said, "Well, who's got the time to practice martial arts, right? right. You know, but I have to. Uh, how much is the you know the cost of living, right? You have to work how many hours. By the time you get mm. home, you're you're so tired that you know you have time for martial arts, right?" Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Tragic. also distraction. Yeah. Also distraction. I think that's one just, of the key problems with the younger generation. Yeah. So. Right. Are you hearing that? I hope. I hope uh, I don't get distracted because there's a call coming in. And I'm trying to. No, so. no, I don't hear it at all. Okay. So. Okay. Great. Great. So it's, I, I, uh, I, I shut it off. But anyway, yeah. So I was saying about the uh, distraction here with the, you know, smartphone addiction, right? Mm. Yeah, as well as, uh, as well as you know the the not not that much interest in the traditional Chinese martial arts. People don't have the yeah. time because you know they have to put in a lot of effort and work. Then also, uh, with the advent of the you know, MMA, right? Young people are more like into. Uh, yeah, the, is MMA. that popular then, there? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. If they the have, last if they time have I was choice, there, I think it was it was growing pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so they have us. Uh, the UFC uh, center they have they have a school here oh okay yeah yeah and also uh, yeah next door to me there's actually a a, a, a BJJ uh, teacher teaching he's a black belt from uh, he's okay. originally from from Belgium but he got his oh, black wow. belt in uh, in uh, in Brazil yeah, he's a, he's also a kung fu brother of mine because he tra- back in the day he trained with Kalashi oh wow Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, Does he still so practice the, his Chinese martial arts, or is he? Uh, not, not not much. Yeah, he uh, gave it up. Okay. Yeah, so he he was uh, when he was in uh, Belgium, he trained in, uh, and he's coming to Taiwan to train in uh, uh, Wing Chun, and yeah. also in with, with Lomang Kam, I think, and then also um, praying mantis with with Galashu, and then they would go over to Thailand to to train in Muay Thai. Okay, so he did most of the core uh mma right. skills right so a lot of people right. do yeah. thai boxing jujitsu some wrestling maybe some boxing right you know right yeah, yeah. so yeah his name is uh tony fares yeah so he's uh he's over next door to me he's, uh, he's got his school sometimes i hear that boom 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 <laughs> and that's a ufc center no that's just his school. uh it's, it's, it's a bjj it's, it's a bjj ah, okay okay he, he has his, he has his own he has his own system yeah okay and i was also i was also involved in taipei with the taiwan yosekan budo Oh right, okay. Yeah, so uh, he's training with in the Yosekan uh, system. Uh, it's it's mostly, I think, based in France, right? Yeah, I think so. Big, I big, think so. That's yeah, big in Europe. Yeah. So I needed, I wanted a place to to continue my training. Mm. And when I when I went to the school, they had sparring, you know, because in Chinese martial arts, they don't do much sparring, right? Yeah, you got to be pretty yeah. proactive to get people to spar with you. So I mean, right? Yeah. So I. Uh, and safely too, right? <laughs> well, nowadays it's easier, so there's really no excuse. I mean, I have a bag of headgear and gloves and stuff, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that with yeah, my so, kung fu brothers. But uh, right. I would say back in the day when there wasn't so much safety equipment, it might have been even harder. 
yeah. to to do it. Now well, it's pretty, pretty easy. Yosekan, it's good. They they actually put protective gear on too. They know, have the, like the, the see through dome gear. on their face, right? Yeah. Uh, no, not. No, I don't think so. Uh, no? Maybe some okay. some guys use some guys use it. Basically, right, right. it's almost like a again, it's like a catcher's. Uh, oh, it's the shield. Yeah, yeah. The shield, right? They they wear that, and also they wear the uh, the the shin guards, right? The foot padding, the yeah, yeah, for, exactly. for, the, for the picking, right? And the then they put on the, the gloves. Yeah, and they put on the gloves. The idea is that you don't really need to grab to to you know to throw somebody. Right? Mm, so they have mm. certain certain you know arm grabs, and their their specialty is the sutemi, the sacrifice mm-hmm. throws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we learn we learn a lot of that. Oh, that's that's kind of fun, yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. It is fun. Yeah. So, so you know when you do digong, when I when I used to practice the the rolling, the ground rolling, and then then you apply it. Yeah, using your uh, your your body, you know, your, to to help you generate the the momentum, right? Yeah. So that that yeah. I mean that's that's a good outlet for for any Chinese martial artist to go and do right, that right. kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's so, why I started yeah, doing BJJ because I went to I wanted to go try uh, mess around with them when they were when they were sparring and then I right. just thought okay, you, well, with the Chinese had... yeah with the Chinese martial arts background when you're learning a lot of forms movements yeah. you're you're very very aware of your body. Yeah, and, and posi- position. So you actually learn quicker than most exactly, people. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you have yeah. body feeling, natural feeling. Right, so yeah. so right. intuition. Your body knows how to move in certain ways. Yeah, so, yeah. It's just uh, you yeah. you take it a little bit further than uh, yeah than the uh, and the okay. So so after you push the guy. So so what's next? What's next? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and with yeah. the sometimes the Chinese martial arts, either they they uh, they they know it, but they don't want to show you. Or they just don't know it at all, right? Yeah, that happens too. Yeah, I wanted right. to ask you. I mean, we're going to wrap it up pretty soon, but there's a question okay. I wanted to ask you, and then we can we can end it on this. Um, you've done martial arts for such a long time, and you continue exactly. to do it, right? And and right. if you look back, what would you say are the, the 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 major benefits to your life that that martial arts training has given you, specifically Chinese martial arts? That's a that's a deep question. Hmm. Um, Have a sip of your coffee. I, <laughs> no, no, it's just I I keep on to this because the memories, right? The people that I've that I've trained with, the teachers. Yeah. It's they they the they come they come back to me. Yeah. Because yeah. they put so much uh, into their art, and mm. somebody has to. Uh, you know, to continue to train it. So, in one way, is the is the their legacy. Mm. The other is the you know it's uh, it's the benefit. It's your your body, your health, right? You have right. to maintain it. So you have to do some kind of movement, or otherwise, you're you're just going to you know, what are you going to do, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the one thing is the, mm-hmm. the, the the teachers are so nice to me. Yeah, it's the people, isn't it? And especially right. the the connection and the relationship you have with your teacher, and that bond, and then the memories that you forge over the years with them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, I can, I can, I can, I can agree a lot with that. That's why I think one of the key the key aspects, like we were talking about the village practices back in the day and whatever. Yeah. A lot of the time, that was just a way for society to bond those village members right. to bond, oh. and it's yeah. really important. So right, that's, that's really, why I think, really... yeah. Your relation with your uh, kung fu brothers, it's uh, deeper than uh, your own family members. Yeah, and then you've got like today, 
people are so isolated, right? So that's, uh. I think, something that martial arts and definitely Chinese martial arts has to, traditional Chinese martial arts has to offer is that bond and that social connection with people and a real social right. bond that you can build. I mean, you could get it from yes. other martial arts too, but I'm speaking from a Chinese martial arts perspective. I mean, we have that whole thing with, we call our teacher Shifu with a, with a, with a yes. character for father. Yeah. Uh, you, you call right. the, your, your classmates, brothers and sisters, you know, you're a family right, basically. Right. So, so, yeah. so that's, that's what I could say for it. The 30 years of practice is, uh, I found a, a, a belonging where I belong. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to end it. Um, it's yes. been great chatting to you. Uh, maybe we'll yeah, do it again you. sometime. Uh, maybe we hopefully yeah. we can meet sometime in the future. Likewise. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks well, for having me. Thanks no, it's been my me. pleasure. It's been my pleasure. <laughs> okay. You have a you have All a right. good evening, and we'll chat soon. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye.